Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to Season 5 of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. And with me in CB Studios here in sunny Nashville is Mr. Connor Casey. What is up, guys? Apologies for the delays. We're getting hit with technical difficulties left and right. Yes, we are. Yeah, it's, it's been a day already, and it continues to be one. Calling in from his new satellite office in his bold new home because he left us, but we're not upset about it at all, is Mr. Matthew Aguilar, my co-host of Comedy Book Nation. What's up, everybody? And from her home studio, just because she's comfortable, Janelle Wheeler is with us, too. And oh, she's you're muted. Janelle. Yeah, you missed Ooh. your big entrance there. Gosh, man. And more technical difficulties. Hi, everyone. Matt left and it's falling apart around here. Uh, so <laughs> as we pick up today, we have some uh, breaking news events that are going on as we were going through our countdown to go live here. Yeah. yeah. We got some breaking news. Uh, first of all, number one is Twitter continues to suck. Uh, I just got hit <laughs> with a nearly $100 request to use TweetDeck. Well, XDeck or what? whatever you want to call it or XPro or X Premium. And, uh, I, you know, we keep this like PG-13, so I can't give my usual Kofi Outlaw response. You guys have to like, <laughs> listen to the other, my underground podcast X about that kind of stuff. But uh, breaking news. Twitter is also going to be taking away the block feature because Elon thinks that's a good idea. Quick commentary. That's not block? a good idea because, yeah. What so is block? So you will no longer be able to block other users. Oh, blocking. Oh, my gosh. What? Yep. Yeah, that fits. Yeah, that's... Yep. that's uh, so, there so, you go. It, so, that dude is full of great ideas. Uh, I am very happy I've already started migrating over to other yeah, places so, yeah, <laughs> I, I do not use this very often no, it will not change note, uh, we do not have an official instagram comic book nation instagram page or threads page but uh, i encourage you all to seek out jim viscardi and start asking him for both because we need to get those this ship has a lot of holes in it and even the rats are jumping off and uh I like to be the first off the ship, not not the last. I, I'm not like, <laughs> you're not Jack and yes. Rose me. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to be doing that Jack and so Rose much. Stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That is that, so yeah. not safe. No, it's not. So uh, that's one breaking news item. And it gets even better with Connor Casey's breaking news item on the uh, wrestling front. Yeah, I got some bad news, unfortunately. The Orlando Sentinel is reporting that uh, Cash Wheeler, one half of the AW World Tag Team Champions, was arrested this morning. Uh, on one count of aggravated assault down in Florida. And a lot of oh details on this one are still pending. Uh, AEW has released a statement. AEW has been made aware of the charges, and we are closely monitoring the situation. Wheeler is fully cooperating with local authorities. So, so let's not, not use person, the last name yeah, only. Person named Wheeler, Janelle, where does this fall in your family tree? How is this person? <laughs> to you? I would say like seventh cousin removed. Okay, there you go. Yeah, this is this is bad news uh, in a in a week of bad news for AEW. Uh, this isn't great because he was one of the four men involved in what is arguably one of the biggest matches at AEW's biggest show ever, all in at Wembley Stadium. They just crossed eighty thousand tickets sold for this thing. Wow! And, uh, yeah, now suddenly your semi-main is uh, very much in jeopardy. So we will keep you posted on all of this. Wow! So. Good start to our show today. Welcome to Comic Book Nation if you're a newbie. Uh, yeah, this happens from time to time. We try to hop on here and then things go sideways. But 
on a more positive note in our regular show, Janelle Wheeler has some at least good news for us. So why don't you hit us with that after this dark little sure. dick we just took? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Well, I, first of all, just, I appreciate you guys for knowing that anything Barbie related just gets to be in my wheelhouse. It makes me so happy. So thank you for seeing me. <laughs> um, so it turns out that Barbie is crushing it. We already knew this. Uh, Barbie is doing very, very well. And we are kind of on pins and needles to see if it is going to be the top uh, grossing film of 2023. Right now, it is in second to the Super Mario Brothers movie, which I, again, I think is very well deserved. I love both of these films so much. So I honestly don't mind like either one of them being the top grossing, um, but it is now the top grossing um, woman directed film, which is really awesome too. And I am just, I'm living for this. I'm loving it. Um, and I need to check Slack. Okay, lovely. Um, I think that personally speaking, I feel like Barbie is going to do this, but we will find out after this weekend because Blue Beetle's coming out um, and even the movie Strays. So there's going to be a lot of competition. We're going to see how it actually pans out. But this could be the highest grossing film of 2023. And I think that would be absolutely spectacular. What do you guys think about this? I mean, it's already put up some pretty big milestones, like crushing the Dark Knight's domestic run and being like, I think this makes it Warner Brothers' highest grossing domestic film, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it I is. Mean, yes. You know, move over Batman. Who knew Barbie would take down Batman, right? But uh, good job, girls. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of you ladies out here, Barbie parties making this a cultural touchstone <laughs> and people going back and seeing it multiple times because of how the movie challenges them and I mean, this is just good vibes all around. I think it's good for just girls. I think it's good for Greta Gerwig. And it's very good for Margot Robbie, who has, you know, up until now pulled the three card money trick of like becoming this major starlet, working with like every major director, even getting lots of awards nominations, but never really cracking the box office necessarily. Yeah. Uh, except I think Wolf of Wall Street is still like really up there, but um, on her own, like never really kind of crushing the box office. And now just... I mean, this is it for her. Like, this is the proof of Margot Robbie doing any and everything. Mm -hmm. Like, she can do the Oscar stuff. She can be an awesome bit player. She can be a starlet who carries things. She's a great character actor. You know, she's just good for her. I mean, I I hate, you know, it, it's been a long struggle for beautiful blonde Australian women to get on top and win very well. But here we are. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Margot Robbie, from everything I've seen and every time I've ever even been in proximity of talking to her, is a great person. So... Nothing bad to say about her whatsoever. And like like I said, this is just good vibes all around. And there's still pink parties happening. I went to see Blue Beetle last night. There were still, I mean, they're getting fewer and far between, but there are still pink parties happening. And I'm just glad to see women as a whole experience the kind of cultural phenomenon that I, as a black man, got to experience when we had Black Panther because that was such a good time. And it was such an important kind of proof of what movies can do culturally that I'm just glad to see like another group kind of feeling that right now. So no hate from here. I'm uh, all good vibes. All right. Is this the there. part where I bring it down and mention that Hollywood is taking the wrong message? Oh, no, that's just, yeah, that's yeah. standard. Like, yeah, I mean, Hollywood's going to learn all that, the wrong That's things. what's killing me about this is like for all the success this has, their answer is Hot Wheels movie. Uh, what was, what's the one that the chick from Girls is doing? Polly Pocket or something? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like the, the, the reason this thing is working isn't just because the production looks amazing, the director is fantastic, it's a star-studded cast, but it's a movie that has something to say. And it's self-aware, and it's brilliant, and that's what we want. Not, hey, this toy makes me think of this other toy that I used to play with. It's also... Yeah, um, but I actually want a Hot Wheels movie. So. No, I do, I well, do. I yeah, still. go watch Fast and Furious. That, <laughs> no, that's the Hot Wheels I shoot down that theory immediately. Yeah, I, 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 feel like, I feel like I'm going to betray you guys on this Hot Wheels thing. I do want more Mattel movies, but I, I also think, ladies, I'm sorry, you're going to probably be in for a string of things that like Hollywood thinks are good ideas for no, the next Barbie party, but uh, it's going to be really terrible because I can tell you from, again, cultural experience, that's what's going to happen. So, strapping for that, but for right now, everything feels good, right? So... You know, moment to moment. Let's just uh, let's take it moment to moment. Uh, Connor, you have something else to talk about on the uh, news front before we get into kind of our Blue Beetle review? Indeed, I do. In much lighter news, 
some people, including some folks here at comicbook.com, have gotten their hands on the first two episodes of Ahsoka, the new Disney Plus series in the Star Wars universe. Um, the reaction to this one seems to be a bit all over the place. I'll read some of the quotes uh, just from folks that work here in the office. Uh, from Jamie Jurak, she enjoyed the first two episodes, but it's easy to understand uh, how this might not be for folks who haven't seen Rebels, which was my big concern. Uh, J.K. Schmidt says it's not perfect, but it looks a lot better than some of the previous Star Wars shows. And my boy Liam Crowley, my six foot six son, uh, he thought this was boring. So yeah, been all over the place with this one. And Kofi, I want to get your thoughts on this because you did the Lord's work this week. You put out this massive graphic that explains everything you need to see to actually understand the show. Yeah, um, listen, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm still a little bit in G, in like DGI, DGAIF. No, no, Dilligaf. Yeah, Dilligaf mode from last week with the whole Wonder Woman 3 thing. But uh, I'm definitely in that mode about this. I'm not gonna speak too much about Ahsoka because I'm gonna wanna punch a lot of people, like, because we're gonna hit this point with this show where, the first thing that's going to happen is there's going to be a whole sector of people. And this has been bothering me about Star Wars. If you listen to this show or any of the shows I do, you know that this is tearing me apart inside is the kind of selective fandom of Star Wars right now where people are like, okay, I'm going to watch this major show. What? I got to know something from an animated show. Get out of here. And this is going to be this conversation for the next couple of weeks or months, rather. Mm. I, I want to watch this Ahsoka. I don't want to watch this animated show. Well, too bad. This is where we're at now. Animation is coming into live action. And guys, I'm sorry, but there was a whole lot of people who love the canon of those animated shows, who know those moments and are they're as important to us as any of the crap in the Star Wars movies has been in at least the last 10 years. Like animation was carrying it through those times and yeah, this is for us. This is for the people who invested in the animated stuff because as I put together that guide, like, yeah, Ahsoka Tano is a character who has, who became, she's the Broly of Star Wars for all my anime fans. She was never really in like the mainstream, canonized big things of the franchise, the movies, but she's this fan favorite character who has endured for so long now as an icon and just this character who has been a favorite of these secondary mediums, books, comics, um, animated series, things like that, that she's just as present and popular in the series as any of the major characters. But this is the point where those two things inevitably have to collide. Like she's been in the side that a lot of people don't wanna go into, but this is her moment to get the spotlight. Mm. So there's no way for anybody to get the spotlight moment without having to encounter or deal with the massive amount of stuff that happened in these side areas. And so I put together a guide and I made my guide specifically for people who just want the quickest, easiest like way. Tales of the Jedi is doing a lot for you guys because it does a lot of great sketch work with these short story forms that say a lot about the characters, but you've gonna have to encounter because there are things in this that can get so trippy for as a mainstream Star Wars show, including a realm that is like between time and space. The, the world between worlds. I'm, I can't wait for the discourse. Oh, yeah. One. Like that can Star So Star Wars time travel is like a thing that could come up in this. There's a whole lot of Mandalorian stuff tie in with Sabine Wren, who's said to be a major uh, main character in this show. So I even threw stuff in the guide, like here, watch this Mandalore stuff about her. It'll even make you make understand the Mandalorian a little bit better. But like, there is no way around this. And so this discourse is going to be supremely annoying because there are just people who are not gonna understand this no matter how many times or how clearly we all say it. But like, this show is for the Rebels fans, the Clone Wars fans, the people who invested in that. That's who this is for. If you don't want to deal with that, because I feel like the same people who are going to complain about that are going to be the same people who complain that Andor is not Star Wars enough or something like that. It's like, if you don't like this, there's that over there. You can go see Andor and not see anything and just watch Andor. You don't even need to know about lightsabers or Jedi or all the muckety muck about all the mythology. 
<laughs> if you want to stay familiar, go watch Obi-Wan. You know what I mean? Or just stick to the or Mandalorian. Or skip Obi-Wan because it wasn't good. I'm just saying, if you want like a familiar yeah. thing with a character you know, go watch Solo for God's sakes and get some appreciation for that. But yeah, this is going to be what it is. I'm still hung up on the Broly thing because Ahsoka was never anything as bad as Bio Broly. That's oh no, but I just mean there. like Broly was so iconic in yeah, Dragon yeah, Ball yeah. before like he finally what? Like three, four years ago, they finally were like, okay, let's make him an actual part of the canonized series. And it's like, yeah, that was a long time coming. People had a lot of complaints about that too. So the show is going. what it is. And it sounds like, yeah, I mean, I love these events because part of this is coming out of a fan event, mm. quote unquote, that was held. And I was ranting on this. I'm not going... I'm not going like some of those other guys who got famous for Star Wars event rants and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, like, yes, there's always a varying degree of Star Wars fandom in the people who go to these what are supposedly fan events, screenings and things like that. So you're going to see these different reactions. But I think the bottom line, I think we can all make it simple is this show is for the people who watch the animated stuff. And you're going to have a much harder time with it if you didn't. Luckily, comicbook.com Star Wars has a handy dandy guide made by yours truly that can help you out in this area. The end. <laughs> I don't, is there, is there anything else we need to add? I think we're good. I think, uh, yeah, this is the, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that pretty much it. it all, man. Yeah, all right. So moving right along to our main event. So program note, if you are just getting into Comic Book Nation, you gotta go and subscribe to our YouTube page, YouTube Comic Book dash comic book all one word dash nation and subscribe to our feeds wherever socials they you find them on because we drop a lot of bonus material these days and today is no different after this uh, i will be sitting down with uh, matthew aguilar and we will be talking about blue beetle in full spoilers so even if you guys are on the fence about blue beetle be sure to stick around and check out that full spoilers discussion for now on the main show as usual, we're just going to give you our spoiler-free review of the film. Uh, I actually did the review for comicbook.com for Blue Beetle, which was a surprise to me this morning. But I did it, and I gave it 3.5 out of 5 stars, which I think is a very fair review of Blue Beetle. Um, basically, I just said that this movie, weirdly enough, this movie kind of nails the challenge of being possibly the only DC film in decades to be like uncomplicated by continuity, you know, solidly entertaining in both action and drama and fun, like just legitimately fun. And it nails all three of those things. And you realize after it's like, wow, that is actually a feat for a DC movie because no matter how much I like them and I like the Snyderverse, we all know that they don't all nail all three of those quadrants, right? Like Batman, Superman, fun love is it. not the word not I would use to describe yeah. any of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not fun, like lighthearted. Like you could take your little teenager, preteen, you know, whatever to see this movie. I might even take like my five or six year old for the exception of a few parts. They watch Marvel movies. They can handle this. Mm -hmm. um, that said, uh, there it is kind of more of that 2000s formulaic Marvel superhero origin movie kind of feel to it. But the difference is with Blue Beetle, and this is a big thing that matters, is the cultural aspect of it. What changes this is An uh, Angel Manuel Soto and this cast actually infuse this character with in this film with a lot of cultural subtext that actually makes it have heart and like a, a thematic and emotional core to it. There are movies, parts in this movie that are really kind of heavy or resonant and like emotional and like that's the difference so it is a 2000s kind of formulaic superhero origin story but the cultural aspect of it makes it different makes it distinct and makes it have heart so that's the combination now that said soto is still fine in his way so there are parts of this that definitely feel like this was an hbo max project at one point in the way that it's filmed but overall, the, the effort they put into making the set pieces and spectacle and all of that work for a lot of it. It's just some of the kind of smaller moments in filming and things can get a little hokey sometimes. But uh, I thought it was like good, solidly enjoyable superhero origin tale. And I want to see more Blue Beetle. And I, I said this right up in the review, like this cast, this version of the character, this actor 
uh, Zolo deserves to be in the DCU, like easily. Okay. Like without fail. And there's, and I don't think, and this is, and I'm not, I don't think this is a spoiler, but I don't think there's anything in this movie that disqualifies. I think they reworked this movie. So there's nothing that is said or done in this movie that is not easily spinnable into that new franchise. Uh, Matt, that's my whole spiel, but we really care what you think about this. <laughs> um, no, I think you nailed it. Uh, I, I, I actually think th- 3.5 to four was kind of where I landed too. Like it just kind of, you know, I was going to kind of let it settle a bit, but like that, that is a, that's kind of right in that wheelhouse. And that it was, it was ridiculously fun. I like, I was, I, I laughed throughout the whole thing. There's great moments like comedic beats that they, they do really well, but like I said, going into the movie, like the biggest thing to capture in this was the family. And I adore them. Like the the cast, like the way they made this family, they're involved from the very first bit to the last. Like the family is actually present throughout the entire movie. And it's not like they just get magically sidelined for a big act or something. Like they are involved in some way. And like... Ironically, it's like, like the other way around in the second act. I feel like the main yeah. character gets sidelined. It's a, more about the family. Yeah, it's more about them. And I love that because I actually, I, I mean, I, I cared what, this is probably the most I've enjoyed, uh, I've enjoyed George Lopez in like in a while. Like, oh, since like, yeah. Like early yeah. stand up George Lopez show style. Like it's Rudy is hilarious. Like his, his character is like Uncle Rudy is fantastic. But like the entire, the entire family, like, uh, you know, it's, Nana is amazing throughout the the entire thing. There's this whole kind of running bit with her about how she's so sweet and adorable. And then like <laughs> things twist towards the end. And I don't know. All I saw was my Walita, right? When I look at her, like there's so many things that there's a lot of, there's a lot of Latin touchstones throughout this entire movie. And while a few are, you know, concepts we we've seen uh, before of uh, when you've watched films or TV about Spanish families, uh, a lot of them are very accurate <laughs> and a lot of them are very like, they still resonate. I mean, I lost my mind when uh, I, at one point, it's not really a spoiler, but at one point um, they're like trying to wake him up and you see that it's like a, a cup of Vicks. And I like lost my mind. Cause like essentially like Vicks is a fix all and like every Spanish, fam- <laughs> every Spanish family for everything. It doesn't matter. Uh, so scarabs, it can take care of everything. Right. So like, there's all these little things that I just adored and the family really makes it. Uh, Jolo is fantastic. Uh, he, he deserves to be in the, in the new DCU, DCU, whatever they're calling it. Um, but I hope the rest of the family is also present because that that's what the comics do so well. That's why the character, that's why Jaime resonates with people is because family is very important in our culture. Like it is, it's just a pre- omnipresent thing. Uh, and so it's to see it reflected on screen, uh, to see them have fun with things. I love that some parts, you know, there's a lot of Spanglish in this, obviously, but like some parts there's actually no, um, there's no captions. Like, it's just very natural. It's very flowing. And like, you know, if you know, you know, and I, and I love that, that it just felt like a, it felt like an authentic movie made by people who live it. And so it was super fun. I gotta say, the bug sequence, amazing. My 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 like jaw was like on the floor with that whole sequence. And it, parts of it are in the trailers. So it's not a spoiler, but like it goes on for a while, and it's it's awesome to see. Like if you're a Blue Beetle fan too, like even just the Ted Cord stuff and like some of that stuff that like really with the character and the overall lineage of Blue Beetle, I think you're gonna have a lot of a lot of fun. Kofi's right though. There's some like. 2000s feeling to certain sequences and like you know oh hey that could have used a little bit more money hey that could have used a little bit more time hey that was shallow weird so there's there's things like that um and it doesn't rewrite it doesn't you know recreate the wheel as far as like origin stories like it's but i thought it was really effectively done um and the cord side of the family too uh you know i wasn't like so taken with um susan sarandon's victoria cord oh i love her Oh, she was. See, I did. I I love certain aspects, which we'll get into in the spoilers. But I like certain aspects of her story and backstory. But like as a villain, I was just kind of man. Oh fine. no, I, you I know, it's not bad. It's just we'll fine. talk. We'll talk. We're getting um, we're getting fire points. We'll yeah, talk spoilers. But, but it, I love well, her. I mean, that, that's, like, that's a yeah. big. That's the antagonist. What yeah. I will say though is that the what they do with Carapax actually surprised me in a very pleasant way. 
So I thought they, while they didn't nail some things, they would nail others and it would make up for it. So yeah, 3.54 is, is right on the money. I think it's supremely fun and you should go see it. All right. So that's our review of Blue Beetle. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have a lot of good stuff to get into. We're going to hop around because we are the show that does it all for geek culture. So we're going to talk about a little bit about what's going on on your TV screen. Matt is psyched by one big announcement that fits into his agenda. And we got some wild new comics to talk. So stay tuned to Comic Book Nation for all of that. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture. Hopefully you enjoyed that awesome Blue Beetle advertisement during our little break in the show right now because I was looking at it, I was like, ooh, it makes me want to go see it again. But if you just missed the first half of our show, we had some dark breaking news about Twitter and AEW wrestling. Then we had some happy news about Barbie's box office, some mixed things about Ahsoka first reactions after screenings that have been held, and we talked about Blue Beetle being pleasantly nice and surprising. So... We've been all over the place already in the first half of the show. Let's see what happens in the second half. So uh, I just want to take a minute uh, to promote the film Realist. I did a other podcast spot that made me realize we didn't talk at all about Star Trek Strange New World Season 2 on this show. Uh, sorry, Paramount, who pays our checks. Uh, but I just wanted to take a minute and just say, if you have not jumped into Strange New Worlds, you now have two seasons worth of reasoning to do so. I thought this was one of the stronger seasons of Star Trek. Pretty much overall that I've seen, 10 episodes, bunch of, there were so many standout episodes and each of them was just like so good and engrossing that I, like I actually didn't, the season went so fast that I didn't even know it was over to even think about recapping it. But this season was if there is a sophomore slump, this, this show was nowhere near it. There were so many great episodes and concepts that were both classic in their design of Star Trek and modern in what they were willing to take on as subject matter. Mm. Uh, and they made bold choices to, on how to do it. The second episode of the season is just a courtroom drama about you know Rebecca Romaine's number one and why she deserves to be in Star Trek. But it's a whole thing about inclusion and xenophobia that can be kind of related to any organization that we've had, you know, all the modern conversation about who can participate in what or what disqualifies you from this. And what about this, that, and, you know, they get into all that. And it's very profound. Uh, one of my favorites was a crossover with Lower Decks that brought Jack Quaid's character from Lower Decks, who's a comedic character on an irreverent show, but came into Strange New Worlds. And because he was from the future, he was able to move around and kind of emotionally push all the characters around in these really profound ways by what he was trying and failing not to say about them or like what he knew about their kind of larger destinies and all that. Um, there was a musical episode, which I don't like musical episodes, but this one, you know. Do you hate fun? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. It makes me feel pain, which I do not enjoy. But I do enjoy pain, which makes me feel fun. I got, I got things crossed a long time ago at a birthday party in the 90s, but we'll talk about that later. So there was also a really profound episode where like one character went to an alternate timeline, fell in love with Captain Kirk, only to have him die, only to have to come back to her timeline and then pretend like she doesn't know Captain Kirk because in the real timeline, she doesn't like really know him. And so for the rest of the season, but what it did was have episodes that highlighted each member of the cast every week or a couple members of the cast and then beautifully kind of weave those happenings and those profound stories into the rest of the season so that even when cast members were in the background of other episodes, you felt the kind of drama of what you knew they were feeling or how they were changed or like when this new situation that they're maybe not featured in, you still knew things were cooking in the background. 
And it's like I said, in that sense, it's one of the best seasons of Star Trek I've ever seen in terms of highlighting everybody, but still keeping this larger running thing about the crew and what's going on. I'm just so mad that it ended on a cliffhanger in this really exciting episode. And now we have no idea when, because Star Trek people are going hard on the picket line. If you have not been paying attention, Star Trek writers and actors are going hard on the picket line. So I don't even know we're going to get the end of this cliffhanger. But yeah, man, Strange New Worlds was was just, it was great. And um, yeah, one of my favorite episodes, which is all about a Klingon war criminal who tries to become a peace ambassador and what that does to people who were in the Klingon war and are struggling with like PTSD and all these kind of secrets from the war. It's, it's pretty nuts. So that's on Paramount Plus Strange New World season two. It's right up there with a special up Spec Ops Lioness is two great things you should be watching on Paramount Plus. And those are, that's my little TV wreck for the day. But Connor, no, who's doing the wait? Who had Harley Swin season four check-in? I didn't add oh. it, but I've been watching it. Who did that? Is that just like a yeah. phantom? No, Janelle has, oh, Janelle has been keeping up with it. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Matt, have you been watching it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. So it's not just me alone. No, I, no. I kind of been, yeah, we did a thing this. on the segment on the show. That's why I was so confused. It's like, is this deja vu? Yeah, I did kind of touch on uh, this show and how great it is uh, a couple weeks ago. I think it was just Kofi and I. So I, <laughs> I kind of did like yeah. a love letter oh, man, to uh, this season. But I will say that. Um, if, if you haven't checked this out now is definitely the time. There's a little bit of a cliffhanger going on right now. You're going to see different sides of characters and kind of what they're doing. There's been a big death. Um, and obviously like the Joker is kind of back in the forefront, which I'm really excited about. And yeah, it's just, they're doing such a great job with this, with the show. I, I always worry that seasons are going to get worse progressively and this just seems to be getting better and better matt what are you thinking about all of it no agree and i feel like um you know it's very much like this is an easy show with every everything else that's coming out it's like an easy show to overlook and i and and it's just one of those that they just keep knocking it out of the park and i feel like even that occurred last season where there was just so much other stuff going on and like we barely talked about it uh, so I it's forgot just, it was on. I really did. <laughs> yeah. I completely forgot, so um, I had to binge it. Yeah, you know, but like the stuff they've been doing with Joker, I think is really interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I just think like I just want to give this props because it's just so good at fleshing out. Like this is very much a one of a kind world within DC's whole universe, and I just I, I adore it. I, I think they take chances. Uh, and I, I just want people to watch because <laughs> I want season five and I, I want the season to finish, of course, but like, I want season five. Ooh, I want this to go on to like, Oh, know. I think this is okay. I think it's doing okay. I, yeah, think, I don't think so, we have to worry uh, about that. Very yeah. good. Also a little shout out to good omens. Ooh, it is yeah. so good on prime. I just finished it. I binged it in like three days. I love David Tennant so much. And it, this show is just, I feel like it's so underrated as well. It's just so fun. And they even made a Doctor Who reference with David Tennant. And I was just giddy. I was so excited. So anyways, that, that is also a great show. I'm going to follow <laughs> trying to throw a better recommendation on top of that, which is Solar Opposites. Help Solar Opposites get <gasps> Dan Stevens in the driver's seat. Um, strangely enough, it does adjust on you after you listen to a couple episodes. But uh, Solar Opposites is back. Dan Stevens is replacing Justin Roiland. And it's jarring at first, but he makes fun of you for being jarred about it. And three episodes in, you won't remember Justin Roiland anyway. You'll be all right. Uh, and the Wall Saga is one of the wildest things I think I've ever... I, I can't wait for somebody just to make a super cut of the entire... Just like the Wall Saga segments of that show. Because I was trying to explain to my wife. She looked at me like I was nuts. But I was like, you, you don't understand because she saw me watching the end of one. She was like, what is happening? I was like, okay, so there's like a show within this show, but yeah, yeah. the Wall Saga is is so nuts in just how long they've progressed that story. Um, so Solar Opposites back, check that out and help them get Dan Stevens in the driver's seat. Talking about things that are back, Matt. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, Cosmic Fury, Power Rangers Cosmic Fury uh, is uh, is coming. We knew it was coming later this year. Obviously, this is the 30th anniversary of, of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but now we have a date. 
And we also have some other big news. So it'll be actually coming releasing on Netflix, uh, just like the previous seasons of Dino Fury on September 29th, uh, which, you know, right now it's a, it's a bummer, obviously, because like they would probably have done like a big rollout with the actors and stuff. And because of the strike, that can't happen. Uh, but we still got a lot of information because on top of a new theme, which you can check out on our Comic Book Nation YouTube page, uh, there is the big reveal that uh, Billy, uh, which... You know, who actually, if you've been watching us, we've been talking about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always, which was the 30th anniversary special. Uh, and, you know, a big thing of that was like some of the original cast returning. And obviously, Billy coming back for that, David Yost, was a big deal. Well, he's coming back for this season, uh, which will be what many think is kind of the last season of this era of the show before it gets rebooted and everything and all the stuff they've been working on over at uh, E1 and now Hasbro's like TV side. Um, but uh, this will actually have Yost coming in as a mentor uh, to the Cosmic Fury team. So we got Can like we call first look Uncle images. Uh, it's going to be 10 episodes. He's going to be a major figure in this. Uh, one thing that was revealed though, is that uh, Simon Bennett, uh, the executive producer showrunner of Dino Fury and Cosmic Fury did confirm that like what this idea was actually thought of before once and always kind of ended up bringing back Yost and things like that and all those connections. So while they both have David Yost in them and while they both feature Billy, they're actually separate. So like they're not connected. So don't expect like there's going to be some Easter eggs, but don't expect those storylines to coexist with each other. This is like a separate thing, still same character, but a separate thing. Uh, so very excited for this. Uh, not too long. I mean, only, you know, what, a month and a half uh, to wait. And this is uh, really since Mighty Morphin, this is the first time we've had the uh, the same Power Rangers team returning for three seasons. So it's a big deal. It's kind of unparalleled. There's a lot of original footage that's going to be in Cosmic Fury which has caused an uproar in the Bio Rangers community at times. But uh, this is cool. I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked. So lots of great news. I'm happy. We'll soon be able to talk Power Rangers again for, and it might be a minute before I get to talk about it after that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. You didn't hear my all important question. What was it? Can we call him Uncle Billy? Yeah, we call him Uncle Billy. All right. That's all I needed to know. All right. Well, Matt, don't 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 rest your uh, face flaps yet because uh, you're talking about the uh, next thing we're doing here. <laughs> wow, I've never heard myself referred to as face flaps. Um, so, just a quick note because we are talking about Blue Beetle. Uh, if you have the DC uh, Universe Infinite app, there's actually a bunch of free Blue Beetle comics you can check out to co to coincide with the release of the movie. And there's actually some really good ones in here. Um, Blue Beetle, number one from 2006. The new 52 Blue Beetle from 2011. Uh, DC Rebirth Blue Beetle, 2016. And one of my favorites, Blue Beetle Graduation Day uh, from 2022. Uh, also the 2006 Blue Beetle number 15, uh, which features uh, Jaime's team up with Superman. So why not check those out? Some of them are really good. There's actually one in there that I haven't read, so I can't say on that one, but uh, a lot of the ones, especially graduation day, fantastic, can't go wrong. Uh, and then moving into comics this week, uh, I knew I would have to apologize to Janelle because it was a lot of X-Men. <laughs> it was, it was, and I, and I'm sorry. And it was kind is, of, is it good X-Men? Well, so, okay. So let's start with the one that I think is, and I think uncanny Avengers number one is uh, Jerry Duggan from Marauders is heading this one up. I loved the concept before because it's obviously just an Avengers and X-Men team mashed together and it forms this, right? So I like the concept. Um, this heavily features Psylocke and uh, Monet St. Croix, two of my favorite X-Men characters. Uh, so I, I really dug it from that perspective. It really is a building the team issue. It's Captain America kind of building this out. You're seeing a lot of the fallout after uh, the massacre at uh, the Hellfire Gala. And so all of that is setting in. You're getting an idea of like the, the Stark Sentinel. So it's a lot of world building type stuff and, and picking that up. But essentially it's a building the team issue. And I like the characters involved in this. So I had fun with it, but I can totally see how someone who's like not a big Psylocke fan 
<laughs> or like it's someone who's like just not really like particularly uh, loving these particular group of characters. I can see how that would not, you know, go over. What did you guys think? I think it's an interesting repository of characters that Marvel often has time figuring out what to do stuff with. I mean, there's dialogue right. in this book that's like about Deadpool. And it's like Captain America being like, I literally mishandled this guy. I got to try to do something else with him. And it's kind of meta. But um, yeah, because Monet, St. Croix, you know, they're people, they're people, Quicksilver. These are people that people love, but they often just have trouble finding like good storylines for whereas right. deadpool like can overpower so many things and it's hard to like stick him in on a team without him overpowering things but i thought this was interesting interesting and i think it's interesting for captain america most of all to yeah. see captain america try to be this like ambassador to this oppressed group of people and help them out in this dire time and, and stay on that side of you know his personal views and stuff and working with a group of people he knows are just like kind of murderous misfits in a way like is really interesting and so that was really the heart of the book for me it was just seeing like how does steve rogers like wrangle a deadpool a penance uh, a quanon or psylocke or whatever we're calling her rasputin baby yeah and like all of that and how does he deal in the x-men's world it's much more because this is much more of an x-men heavy kind of yeah. version of this team than the than what we've seen in the concept in the past where it's like Really, like, more Avengers with, like, a couple X-Men, but not really getting into, like, the themes of oppression versus, like, sanctioned superheroes as heavily. This is a kind of different take on it, and I'm interested. So, it got me interested, and it's offbeat, like Marauders. It has this weird kind of offbeat nature to it that makes it unique. So, uh, Janelle? Yeah. What did you, what did you think? I like Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I will say I'm still struggling to remember what is going on because the Hellfire Gala, I, it's like I faintly remember everything, but I didn't realize how important it was that I remember all the events unfolding for all of these other things that are happening. So I wasn't maybe focusing as much as I should, or maybe it just wasn't clicking. Um, it's, it's fine. It's fine. But I, I truly feel like both of these books were are for big fans of all all of these characters. Like, I don't feel like you can just be a Captain America fan and read this and feel satisfied. I feel like you have to be a mutant fan. You have to know the X-Men. You have to have context and background um, and maybe even more than me, because apparently I have a lot. I'm just going to say right now. I talked to BD. We went and had a coffee the other day, Brandon Davis, who does the Marvel podcast over here with Bay Zero. And he was very confused when I started talking about Krakoa. I talked about different planets. <laughs> I was talking about how they can come back from the dead. And he was very confused. As a matter of fact, he said that I'm an expert now with X-Men. And I laughed <laughs> in his face because I'm clearly not at all. So I'm just trying Amazing. to imagine someone like him trying to get into this and it's a little it's 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 a little confusing yeah um, i mean well this is kind of like ahsoka again it's like fall of x is this is the yeah. end of a major storyline that started in 2019 it's it's nearly yeah. inaccessible if you have not kept up with like and even if you have there is a lot happening in a yeah. lot of different places so <laughs> yeah. yeah we were there every step of the way and there have been times I've been like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> like, so, I, I got to go back and reread that. I don't know. Uh, before I move, Connor, did you read either of these? I have not. I am this week, I'm 72 issues into an Invincible run. So uh, <laughs> I could be ready for season two. And uh, yeah, so that's, um, that's been my week. That's good so work. That's I, the Lord's work. So ironically, I thought the first one was going to be the more new reader friendly one. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't so if that wasn't it then dark x-men number one was certainly not going to be it however this is a hallmark time ladies and gentlemen this is a hallmark issue this is an issue everyone needs to pay attention to why because it has maggot <laughs> maggots in this book yeah he's back baby I had to message Tony Matt on the side. sent me a message in they Slack hit, and yeah. was like celebrating that. I was like, oh my God, it's a guess. Maggot is back and he's in this book and therefore it is great. They hid it from us on the covers too. Yes. No, no, no one knew he was going to be in it. He's an Easter egg surprise. Yep. It's amazing. I uh, read this and I don't know who that is. So Maggot is the <laughs> one. Well, he actually introduces himself and says his name. It's Maggot. You know? 
I'm so confused. He's a guy I'm with so the slugs sorry. on his shoulder He's that like, rescues the girl. He has a blue face. Don't worry I, about I it. I struggled through this one. I was Don't like worry about that. There's a lot it. about this one that's inside baseball. So it, it's all good. Oh so yeah, he is a uh, he's one of my favorite mutants. Uh, he is a like what F list G list <laughs> character, and that's okay. He's, he's a, I, let's call him obscure. But this is a very eclectic team. This is also one that like it heavily delves into the Goblin Queen and, and things. So if you're not you know super well versed in that, it, it it was a little bit of a you know I. I I kind of felt bad after that. I'm going, oh, maybe I shouldn't have put this one on here because it's kind of like deep end of the pool. And some of these character pools are, you know, very obscure. I mean, they don't get used a lot, which is part of the appeal of this kind of book. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's a new character in the middle of it too. But, um, you know, I, I know Janelle didn't love it. Kofi, what do you think? Oh, of well, this? Can I just say, I preferred this one. Did you? I oh, did I thought it was the other because, way around. Well, there was like a robot Wolverine and then there's this oh, yeah, very Albert. sexy redhead. So like whatever this costume is i'm living for it this outfit with the tattered she's like hanging out in some egyptian cotton and burns it off and is in this awesome outfit just strutting i i'm anybody you know I, the that? art alone got me for this one i liked it. interesting anybody um, want to explain oh, madeline yeah, pryor's origin albert, by the way yeah albert. oh yeah 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 albert yeah, you want to explain Madeline Pryor's origin as a goblin queen to Janelle? Have her, have her explain it. It's right up there with Cable. What was I was stu- I'm like, it's I don't right know what it is, Cable. but it seems cool. <laughs> like, yeah, she's Jean Grey's clone, kind of. Anyway, oh my God, what? Yeah, it's a whole other thing. That's why she's like all connected to Jean Grey when Jean Grey dies. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> okay, uh, that's cool though. And she's technically she's technically Cable Cable's real again. mom. <laughs> yeah, she's technically Cable's real mom. That's why she was talking about like you know, babies and losing stuff. Like, yeah, they, she's Cable's mom and Jean Grey's clone and- The X-Men are weird. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in this. I love them. But she went awful, she went full hell queen and like, yeah, it it was a whole thing. Anyway, now she's screwing Sky Cops' brother, which is a whole, like, there's a lot. The X-Men get- That's who that is, okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, what did you think of this issue, Kofi? I thought that um, it was kind of boring. Not in a, I like the concept, but it was just kind of boring. I'd seen the yeah. preview pages. I had kind of like done it. And I thought there was going to be like some big reveal where she's like, I kept this thing a secret. And it's like some knockoff predator version of Professor X's cerebral helmet. But it was just a setup issue. And it was just like a lot of dialogue. And I think it's just one of those cases where when you call something, like when you say to me, Dark X-Men, I'm coming to that book with like all kinds of exciting expectations of what I'm going to yeah. find. And this wasn't that. It was just... I'm still trying to figure out what the dark part is. It's just kind of like oddball X-Men group together. Yeah. Like nobody's done, if I'm thinking like, does anybody, I feel like the other team killed more people more brutally. Like, oh my God. Uh, that surprised me actually. Yeah. I love that they addressed that by the way. Silent like straight up murder people. <laughs> yeah. Like, her and Pettis were just murdering people and Deadpool's Deadpool. And it's just like, I feel that team is darker than this one. So um I, I hope they get into it with the with the darker stuff i was not thrilled by the cliffhanger i was like yeah. oh god because if we're already sitting here joking about how ridiculous and convoluted madeline Pryor's like whole story is that cliffhanger is even going to make things just either they have found a way to make it infinitely better or it's about to get infinitely worse because spoiler alert there's an actual demonic looking goblin queen claiming to be the real goblin queen yeah so this already person who's not a real person is now not even a real goblin queen either oh my god so they're it's a trace buster buster that's yeah. what they are because yeah, it's it, a clone of a clone yeah so it's, it's a big hit reference right there for everybody yeah it, it's getting to be it's getting to be a little wild so i hope this book comes into focus quickly about like what's the dark about it like what is specifically this group of x-men doing because everybody just seems to be like replacing the X-Men, which is yeah. such like a vague concept. Like, I don't know. So two okay starts to these books, but I would just see, I hope they crystallize like what is unique about all of each of them rather quickly. I agree. No, I agree. I agree. Um, Although and the, then real uh, quick to Akane, I just want to say Uncanny uh, uh, Avengers Rex. had the worst. I mean, that ending of Uncanny Avengers I had to write up with what happens to Captain oh. America is pretty gruesome. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we can say it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He fights the still, which is still my favorite mystery running right now. Is who's in the Captain Krakoa suit? Who's been impersonating him to yeah. kill U.S. officials and 
frame mutants, but he fights Captain America hand in hand. Mm. And Captain America begins to realize to his horror that whoever's wearing the suit was already super powered before he put on the suit, which is meant to enhance like a non-powered person. And the dude just grabs Captain America's shield while it's just still like slung around his arm and just twists it around the last panels. Captain America's arm just like breaking into splinters <laughs> because he gets the shield like twisted around while it's still strapped to his arm. And it's uh, it's probably one of the most gruesome things I've ever seen happen to crap Captain America. So that was and pretty it sucks too because like throughout the entire issue, the shield is doing awesome stuff. I forget who the artist is on the book, but they actually do an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Of, like showing cap in action. And I'm like, ah, crap. Now he's going to have a cast. <laughs> it's not going to be able to use it uh, for a minute. Um, real quick on the uh, Rex. So something is killing the children. Number 32 is uh, one of like my favorite issues in the series of the year. It's fantastic. Uh, they continually find ways to surprise me. And it's all backstory stuff. There's like there's present stuff, too. But like there's a lot of really great information in this one. And Erica Slaughter, like the, I, I cannot wait to see this brought to TV. I am so excited for that. I hope that happens. Uh, the Cold, number one, which is uh, Kelly Thompson's new series, uh, kicked off its its uh, big run with number one. And then we are big fans of Wonder Girl uh, on Comic Book Nation. And uh, Wonder Girl Homecoming Collection collects literally the all the one shots and her entire series and then the like epilogue shots all in one volume. You can literally get the entire Yar Floor mini saga in one thing, you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. Go get it. That's comics. All right. And uh, I believe that does it for our regular show. As I said, we will be doing a whole spoiler-filled discussion of Blue Beetle as a bonus round. Me and Matthew Aguilar are going to reconvene here in a few minutes and knock that out. So be sure to also be on the lookout for that on your podcast platforms. And on our YouTube page, if you are just now getting into Comic Book Nation, as I said at the start, subscribe on YouTube backslash comic book, all one word, dash nation, or subscribe to the at comic book Twitch page where we always do our live shows and go and download us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms as well. If you want to follow us individually while we're still slumming around X, you can find me <laughs> at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Connor Casey CB. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. And we want to thank you guys, as always, for riding with us. It's uh, It's been a really transformative year of the podcast. I don't think we say that enough. Yeah, this show has uh, been taking on a lot more listeners, a lot more downloads, which means a lot thank of you, you have been breaking the first two rules of Comic Book Nation. You do not talk about Comic Book Nation. But what's the thank second you, rule, Kofi? You do not talk about Comic Book Nation. Third rule, if it is your first time on Comic Book Nation, you, you must have subscribe. To fight. Oh, oh, that's better. I like yours better. All right. But uh, in all seriousness, thank you guys for riding with us. We love doing this and we love talking about all things geek culture. And we appreciate all of our fans. You know who you are. We'll shout you out some other time. Time is getting long. I got to get out of here. This is Comic Book Nation. Peace.